there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Well, this year our theme is building a kingdom legacy. And today I want to speak you speak to you on the subject a kingdom legacy for your family. A kingdom legacy for your family. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this moment that you've granted to us. May you speak to us, Lord. I pray that may your word become fresh and alive in our hearts today. I pray, O oh God, that may we live here having heard from you. Speak to every family here. Speak to every individual here. In Jesus' name we pray. We shout a big amen. Now, have you heard of the British royal family? Have you heard of the Warner Brothers? Have you heard of the Beckham family? And have you, have, have you heard of the Kardashians? How about the Moy family? Kenyatta family? Yes. Odinga's family? Yes. Biwot's family? Yes. Chandaria family? Yes. All these families that I have mentioned, every time you hear the name of that particular family, it is associated with affluence, influence, wealth, Dominance, significance, and let me add and say an enduring legacy. The legacy of some of these families that I've mentioned are enduring legacies, are not legacies that can easily be wiped out. When you look at the Kenyatta family, they have a very strong legacy. That is very difficult to wipe it out. The Odinga's family. Very strong, enduring legacy that cannot be easily wiped out. The, the, the royal family, family of Queen Elizabeth, the late Queen Elizabeth. Such a strong, strong, enduring legacy that cannot be easily wiped out. Those are people when they cough, the newspaper writes they coughed. Those are people when they attend a funeral service and they remove a pink handkerchief. It will be a point of discussion. I have white. A white handkerchief. I wave it as I'm preaching. Nobody writes anything <laughs> about it. Ladies and gentlemen, you too belongs to a family. Tell your neighbor, I belong to a family. Now, when God gives you a family or you belong to one, it is a, get, it is a great blessing. When God gives you the privilege of belonging to a family or if God gives you the opportunity to be adopted to a family because there are people who 
don't know their family members. They don't know their brothers. They don't know their sisters. They don't know their parents. But somebody came and took them and adopted them and said, I'm going to raise you. When you're adopted and you belong to a family, you have a surrogate father, you have a surrogate mother, it is a very special thing. Having one, having a family, or belonging to one is something that is very special and it should never be taken for granted. The blessing of having or belonging to a family outweighs that of not having one or belonging to one. Let me say that again. The blessing of having or belonging to a family outweighs that of not having one or belonging to one. Because there are people who maybe are coming from broken families and they can tell you it's not a very nice experience to have. There are people who are coming from families that are disjointed. There are people who don't even know who their parents are. Some, they just know they have a brother somewhere but they have never met or a sister somewhere that they have never met. And so the blessing of having a family or belonging to a family is far more better than not having one or belonging to one. I have even noticed that some people who are estranged from their family members for many years, you had a brother, but for many years you never saw him, or you had a sister, and for one reason or another you are not able to see her, or you had a father somewhere that existed, and for one reason or another you are never able to, you know, interact with him for many years. I have seen such families when those people finally meet, the reunion is very emotional. At the beginning, it's full of tension because you have so many questions why this person was not part of your life. But after they explain themselves to you and you are able to forgive them, then the reunion becomes very, very emotional. I remember the story of Joseph as a young man, he was separated from his brothers. His brothers decided to sell him off to the Ishmaelites. And the reason why they did that is because Joseph was having dreams. And he was too excited about his dreams. And he was telling all his brothers the dreams that he was having. And these dreams were not in favor of the brothers who were older than him. And the dreams... Uh, indicated that Joseph was going to be their leader and they were going to bow before him. And they didn't like such kind of dreams. You know there are dreams when you dream, you wake up very happy. But there are dreams when you dream, you don't like what you dreamt. You wake up praying, binding, pulling it down. You know one time I had a dream that I had gone back to a primary school. And I was wearing a shirt. And I heard the bell ring. And I saw the headmaster standing at a strategic point. And in the dream I was fighting. I was saying it cannot be. When I woke up, <laughs> I bound it. I say it can never be in Jesus' name. There are some dreams when you dream and you wake up, you don't like those dreams, isn't it? Talk to me somebody. You can be single and you dream something that shakes you. 
You can be a man and dream something that shakes you. You can be a woman who dreams something that really shakes you when you wake up in the morning. And that's why I'm not very, very spooky about dreams. Because the Bible says sometimes dreams come because of multitude of businesses. There are people, they want an interpretation of every dream that they dreamt. Anything they dream, I need an interpretation. I need an interpretation. Some dreams you dream is because of the ugali in your stomach. That's what has caused you to dream what you're dreaming. You understand? But the dream that Joseph had was real. And because it was not in favor of his brothers, they hated him. And the more he talked about his dreams, you know, the more they were aggravated in their spirit. And so when they got an, an opportunity to sell him off uh, to the Ishmaelites, they, di they did so. And so D Joseph was separated from his father who loved him. The father loved Joseph so much that he made a coat of many colors for him. He was separated from his father. He was separated from his brothers for many, many years. Fast forward, Joseph was now a ruler in Egypt, prime minister in Egypt, and there was famine. And the father decides to send his sons. The father was Jacob. Decided to send his sons to go to Egypt because he heard that there was food in Egypt. But he didn't know that the one in charge of food in Egypt was actually his son. He thought even Joseph had died. And you know the story. Of course, they met. And Joseph could tell that these are my brothers. And when he finally met them, and they were in a room alone, you know, Joseph became very emotional. He hugged his brothers, kissed his brothers, and they wept. In fact, this is what the Bible says, that Joseph wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. He sobbed loudly, because this was a very emotional reunion. That's why I'm telling you, being in a family is a blessing. You never know it's a blessing until you're separated from your brothers and your sisters. You never know it's a blessing until you stay away from your father and your mother. Being in a family is a blessing. I remember another pastor friend of mine, he was giving me a story that his sister relocated to another country. And for many years, he had never seen the sister. So one time they planned to meet and he said when he went to the airport to pick the sister from the airport, he was giving me the story. He told me, I don't know what came over me when I saw her. Something gripped me. And I just broke down in tears. Sobbed like a little boy. You never know the blessing of a family until you are separated from your family members. So being in a family is such a blessing. If you have one treasure your family. If you have your brothers and your sisters with you, treasure those moments because it is a blessing. Look at your neighbor and tell them being in a family is a blessing. Psalms chapter 68 and verse 6, the Bible says God sets the solitary in families. The solitary are those who are lonely, are alone. They are isolated. The Bible says those who are lonely, those who are isolated, he sets them in families. 
God puts those who are single, those who are isolated, those who are lonely, those who are just by themselves, he decides to put them in families. And that's why a church is a blessing. Because a church is a platform where you experience that family effect. If you are from a disjointed or a broken family, when you come to church, God has given you an opportunity to experience family within the church. It is in the church that you find brothers, you find sisters, you find friends who become a family to you. And some of you have realized that now your bond for your brothers and sisters in church is very strong. And those people are not just friends to you. Those people are not just people you go to church with, but they have become like family to you. You are raising your children together. You are attending, hey, you're very quiet this morning. You are attending birthdays. You are going for graduations. You are attending weddings together. And so they are becoming a family to you. And what you missed to receive from your biological family, you are able to find it in the church. That's why I love the church. That's why I'm a defender of the church. Amen? And some of you have realized that even when you're going through something, you realize that the brothers and the sisters in the church are there, the first ones to arrive in your house. Even before your biological you know, relatives come. They are the ones who come there first. They are the ones who call you. They are the ones who support you. They are the ones who even give more. Hey. It is quiet, but it's true. They are the ones who do a lot of visitations in your house or when you're in the hospital. They are the ones who are visiting you, you know, many times in the hospital, bringing you flowers, bringing you milk, bringing you fruits, bringing you uh, a very nice special card with messages. We love you. We wish you well. May you recover quickly. They put their scriptures and really encourage you. And support you. And so the church, you know, becomes like a family to you. That is what the Bible says here. That God sets the solitary in families. That's why one of the things I want to do is to make this church a family. You do hear what I say? I want to make this church a family. That what you missed in your biological family, may you find it here. May you find love here. May you find care here. May you find friends here. May you find brothers and sisters here who will love you genuinely. Can I hear an amen? amen. No wonder we sing the song, You are my brother. You are my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will Until he comes There is no foe that can defeat us when we are walking side by side, as long as there is love, we will stand. Is your neighbor singing? You're my. If your neighbor is not singing, tell them what's up. Together. Until he comes, there is no fall that can defeat us 
when we are walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. I love, I love this family of God. So closely, so close, Teddy to They've taken me into their hearts and I'm so glad to be a part of this red family. Oh, I love, I love this family of God. So closely, so close, Terry. To They've taken me into their hearts and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. Sing again as you hold your neighbor's hand. I love, I love this family. You can even touch the one who was not turning your direction to talk to you to uh, uh, uh. they've taken me into their hearts and I'm so glad great family wow Turn to your neighbor. I'm sure now they can turn to you, isn't it? And tell them, you are part of my family. Tell them, you are my family. You are my brother. You are my sister. I think now tension has been diffused around where you sit. So I want to make this church a family. A big family. That's why we even call all our branches one church in different locations. We are one big family. Amen. Now, can we go deeper? Can you handle deep? Today is going to be rough a little bit. Are you ready for me? Tell me, just fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be rough a bit. Some turbulence a bit. So, if you are a parent and you're here. Aspiring parent and you're here. I want you to think very seriously about leaving a kingdom legacy for your family. The children God has given you, the family that God has given you, I want you to think strategically. Think seriously about a kingdom legacy that you're going to leave for that family. It is important for you to set the stage, lay the foundation for what you want to see continue long after you have gone. Because one day you have to say bye. One day, one day you have to leave this earth. One day you have to wave goodbye to your children, to your family. And so you have to think very strategically and lay a strong, solid kingdom legacy that your children can be able to build on long after you're gone. 
The first kingdom legacy that I want to share with you that you have to build in your family is the legacy of prosperity. Somebody shout the legacy of prosperity. Shout it louder. The legacy of prosperity. Now, prosperity is not a worldly concept. You know, there are believers who have a warped mind. When you talk about prosperity, they say, here we go. But prosperity is not a worldly concept. Prosperity is a kingdom concept. It is a covenant promise to those who walk in obedience to God's command. When you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, the Bible says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Who gives you power? It is God. It is God who gives you power to get wealth. Now, 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The New King James uses the word, I pray, I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Look at that. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. You may prosper in all things. Hallelujah. You, you may have good health. You, you may live in good houses. You may have lands. You may drive nice cars. I pray that that may happen to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It, it is a biblical kingdom concept for you to be able to prosper. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. The Bible says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for us, he became poor. That you, somebody say me, me. that you through his poverty might be rich. So there is nothing wrong with you being rich. There is nothing with you being wealthy. Hallelujah. It is a kingdom concept. Hallelujah. And so I want you to understand that you need to leave a legacy of prosperity in your family because it is a kingdom concept. Now, you all know that in many, many families, there is a bad legacy that has been immortalized. There is a bad legacy that has been perpetuated over the years. It has been handed over from one generation to another. There are families where you only see the legacy of poverty, struggles, illiteracy. In those families, people don't go to school. People don't want to go to school. People hate school. People hate books in those families. There are families where there is insanity. People are just mad. Ask your neighbor, are you mad? There is insanity in those families. People are doing crazy stuff. There are families where you see the legacy of witchcraft being passed from one generation to another. There are, there are families you see the legacy of mysterious deaths. People are dying mysteriously. There are, there are families where you see the legacy of diseases. Diseases are moving from one generation to another. To others is wizardry. People are running at night. And it's not a joke. It is serious. There are families you see the legacy of sorcery. People believe in sorcery. Backwardness is another one. And this and many others 
They have dominated these lineages for years. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, you must change the trajectory of your family. I say you must change the trajectory of your family. I say you must change the trajectory of your family. Anything that is bad, you have to stop it. Anything that you see that is not desirable in your family, you have to say, this one, I will be the one anointed to stop it. I pray for special anointing upon your life to stop some things that have been happening in your family. In Jesus' name, shout a louder, amen. So you have to be very strategic. You have to think deeply. You have to examine your family. And you have to decide that this has to stop. There are some families you just see divorce. From the grandfather, from the great-grandfather, you just see divorce, 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 divorce. Then it came to the grandfather, divorce, divorce, divorce. And then your uncles are divorced, your aunties are divorced, divorce, divorce, divorce. Then it's coming, it's coming. And now it is at your doorstep. You can see it is at your doorstep. You have to stand and say some things. I have to change them. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I've given you this story before. One time I looked at my family. I looked around and I realized there was nobody who had reached at the PhD level of education. There was no doctor in our family. I said, no, I'll be the first one. Yes. And I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Yeah. Doctor in divinity. I've studied, I've written a dissertation and defended it. And taken it to professors. And when they were giving me, they laid hands on me. And prayed for me. There are things you must change. I don't know if I'm preaching to the right crowd in this house. I say you are the one who is going to change the trajectory of your family. Anything that is wrong in your family, you are going to stop it in the name of Jesus. If it is, positive, if, if it is poverty, you are going to stop it in Jesus' name. If it is disease and sicknesses, you are going to stop it in Jesus' name. If it is failure, you are the one who is going to stop it in the name of Jesus. If it is illiteracy, you are going to stop it in Jesus' name. Am I preaching to the right crowd here? Tell your neighbor, I will stop some things in my family. Because you have to build a legacy for your family. Now, one thing that you have to really think about is the legacy of prosperity. One of the reasons why we see a lot of poverty in our families is because some of our parents did not think of succession planning. Some of our parents did not think beyond them. Some of our parents did not think about our, their grandchildren. They didn't go beyond their needs. They didn't go beyond food. They didn't go beyond rent. They didn't think beyond clothing. They only thought about surviving, feeding my children and surviving. But they never thought about the next generation that was coming. They never thought about the second and the third generation. You will agree with me, ladies and gentlemen, that a lot of parents leave nothing to their children. 
completely nothing to their children. If you're here and you're a parent, listen to me very carefully. I'm anointed to speak to you today. It is very wrong for you to leave nothing to your children. Because if you really follow God, even when Jesus left the earth, he left us something. Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit. Every child you give birth to have a vision of leaving something that will make the life of that child better. Oh, Lord. Help me preach today. I told you it's going to be rough. But it's okay. I've prayed. You have to leave something. Tell your neighbor you have to leave something to your children. So many of our parents never thought about succession planning. And I don't blame some of them because they were not exposed to the teaching I'm giving you today. So you, you will not have an excuse. So they never thought about the next generation. They never talk, talk, thought about their lineage. They never thought about a kingdom legacy of prosperity that they wanted perpetuated in their successive generations. They were only limited to food, shelter, and clothing. So they forced their children to start from ground zero. And then these children will also grow up and get children, and they will not leave anything to these children. And then the children also will start from ground zero. And so you have this legacy of poverty, which has become a vicious cycle, consuming families for many, many generations to come. If you must leave land as a parent, make sure that land is profitable. Because not every land is profitable. You must leave a house for your children. Ish, Lord, help me preach today. You must leave a business for your children. You must leave a ministry for your children. You must leave something for your children. You must leave something that gives your lineage what I call generational income. Not your income, generational income. When you are not here, your children will still earn from what you have already built. Because it's a kingdom way of thinking. You must think of a generational investment. Something that you are doing that is going to impact your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, and it is going to provide for them without sweat as you rest in peace and not in pieces. Because some people go to the grave, but they are not actually in peace. Because they're imagining the chaos that they have left behind. They're imagining the problems they have left with their children. They're imagining the debts they have left behind. They don't truly rest in peace. You have to think generational. You have to think, how will I make the lives of these children better? You know, there are parents who say, you need to suffer the way I suffered. You need to go through what I went through. You need to go through the pain that I went through. You need to go through, you know, lack of food the way I did. 
sleeping on the floor the way I did. You know, walking without shoes the way I did. Look, me, I subscribe to a different kind of thought. You suffered so that you know how bad it is to suffer so that you don't allow your children to suffer. Make their lives better. If you went to, to school without shoes, your children should not go to school without shoes. I'm preaching in this house. Oh, yes. If you went days without food, your children should not go days without food. Because you are saying, I am anointed to break this thing. I was born in it. I grew up in it. But it stops with me. From me, things have to change. My children will be blessed. My grandchildren will be blessed. My lineage will be blessed. Oh, you're not ready for me this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it stops with me. This thing of saying, oh, you know, I can't give you everything. You will never learn what life is all about. Look, if you have wealth, if you have houses, if you have businesses, Start training your children how to run those businesses. Put in them the wisdom to run the businesses. Put in them the administrative skills to run the businesses. Let them have your mind. Why should you work so hard? You're almost breaking your back to get all this wealth. And when you die, they waste it. When you die, they are fighting because they can't trust one another. They don't know what it takes to accumulate wealth and to multiply wealth. They are fighting because the moment you go to the grave, the money in your bank, somebody will chop it. Oh. <laughs> it's the reality. The moment you go to the grave, it is over. Let me tell you, one day I was going for a funeral. Of a very wealthy guy. And he was in the coffin. I was in the entourage. And we were going. As we were going to bury him, his petrol station was not closed down. People were fueling. Workers were working. But he was dead. So that means nothing stopped. And if the, I was looking at the workers as they were, if they were not faithful, they could have chopped the money. But the guy is dead. There's nothing he can do. So don't say, oh, you guys go and suffer out there. This is my, this is my wealth. It is not our, your wealth. It is our wealth. Where did I come from? I came from your loins. It is our wealth. Don't say it is my car. It is our wealth. It is our house. You're not happy with me today. But I'm changing your thinking. Raise your children. Raise your sons. Raise your daughters. Talk to them and tell them I want to, you to think like this. Buy them books and give them to read. Yes? Take them to some strategic schools that they can acquire some knowledge. When they graduate, they are ready to take your business to the next level. Who am I preaching to in this house? Oh, yes. You have to think. 
of generational income. You have to think of generational investment that will deliver your seed from poverty. Yeah. Touch your neighbor, tell them you can change it. Touch another and tell them you can change it. I prophesy that God is raising a new breed. That the mess in your family, you're going to change it in the name of Jesus. The poverty in your family, you're going to change it in the name of Jesus. The chaos in your family, you're going to change it in the name of Jesus. The backwardness in your family, you're going to change it in the name of Jesus. The failure and stagnation in your family, you're going to change it in the name of Jesus. If I'm speaking to you, shout aloud, yeah! Sit down, let's go deeper. You know, yesterday I was in a beauty parlor. You'll be there in Jesus' name. I went for some grooming. Once in a while, it's good to go for some grooming. Hallelujah. And the lady who was working on my... I, I went to do manicure and pedicure. Some men don't know what that is. And I started preaching to that lady. Yeah. I was preaching to her, telling her about God. I told her I'm a pastor. So you're, you're touching very anointed fingers and toes. I said, oh, you're a pastor. I said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, I'm a believer as well. But I, I'm not very, like, serious. Go to church. I don't go wherever, wherever. So I said, okay, I want to invite you to my church so you can Say, so where is your church? So I explained to her where the church is. And she told me, the problem is where I live. I cannot leave that place and move closer to your church. Because, you know, I, I, sent, her, I sent her to the YouTube. She saw the service. She saw the church. And she said, this church is in Kenya. It's so beautiful. You couldn't believe. This church is very beautiful. Some of you don't know. I think you've come so many times you're used to it. She said, it's very beautiful. He said, in Kenya, this is, wow. Yeah? Nakamaju. <laughs> anyway, so I asked her, why, why can't you move from your house and move closer, you know, to the church? She said, my father-in-law has given us a house. This is not even the father. Father-in-law has given us a house. So me, I don't know what rent is. That's, that's what she said. I don't know what rent is. I don't know what rent is. I don't know what rent is. Because of my father-in-law, I prophesy. Some people here, your children will not know. am I preaching to in this house? I prophesy. Your children will not know what rent is because of you. Your great-grandfather knows what rent is. Your grandfather knows what rent is. You. You are a specialist of paying rent. 
And you have even become very skillful in making use of the deposit. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching to people who didn't come to church this morning. <laughs> huh? But today decide, this thing has to change. Who am I preaching to in this house? This thing of rent has to change. My children will not know what rent is. Hallelujah. I prophesy, some of you, the gift you'll bring to your children on their wedding day will be a beautiful house. Receive that prophecy right now. I said receive that prophecy right now. Sit down. If your father gave you a house here in this city, where will you be today? Hmm? You'll be very far. If your mother gave you a house here in the city, look at how much you could have saved every month. Hallelujah. The reason why we are here is because they used to bring me a breakdown of the expenses of the church. And I told them, tabulate. I even brought in an auditor. I said, tabulate. I want to see the expenses of this church for the time we have been in this place. I want to see which one is number one. And I looked at it. Number one was rent. I said, what is going on here? Number one was rent. Can you believe it? Rent. By the time we had, lived, we had left that uh, location in Embakasi, do you know how much we had given the landlord? We had given the landlord 35 million. And he didn't even give me a certificate of good conduct for paying rent on time. The money we left with him is more than the money we spent to buy one piece of this land. When I looked at that thing, I stood up. And I said, Pastor Mary, I'm going. She said, where are you going? I said, I am going to look for land. She said, where? I said, I don't know. But if I sit in my office, I feel like my head will explode. We cannot continue like this. All this sweating that I go through every Sunday is to put money into somebody's pocket who I only saw once when we were signing the lease. I said no. We started the journey. I said I must leave this church in the hands of the next generation when it is in its own land and when it has been built. And when I was making that decision, I knew that I will lose some members. But I knew I will also gain some more members. Because when the church is stable, it can never move. You understand what I'm saying? That's why we are here. Yeah, I started walking like 
You know, I'm just looking for land. If I see land, I say, let me go and ask this land, whatever. Then I took Pastor Saif. He became my official designated brother, uh, uh, driver. He was driving me around. We go to places, go to places. Hey, we come to this area. Because I was thinking about the next generation. And still my heart is thinking about the next generation. I have been praying, God, I cannot leave my Sunday school children in such facilities. No. I have to leave them in fantastic facilities. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We can't leave this church like this. We have to build. Put a building there that will last so many years to come. Many generations to come, they will remember that there is a generation that was here that established the house of the Lord for us. I do not know what rent is. What a statement. But how many here know what rent is? Please lift up your hand. Don't lie in the church. How many know what rent is? Father, these hands that are lifted up, I pray that may their trajectory change in the name of Jesus. Open doors for them to buy houses, to buy land. Open business opportunities for them that money may come their way, that they may build a kingdom or a, a, a legacy of prosperity. Shout a louder, Amen. Tell your neighbor it will happen in the name of Jesus. Sit down. Let's go deeper. So enduring prosperity is part and parcel of a kingdom legacy. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 22. The Bible says, a good man. Huh? A good man. <laughs> A good man. Lord, give us good men in this generation. A good man leaves something behind. He leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That means he's not just thinking about his children. He's thinking about the grandchildren. Hallelujah. By now, I've started thinking about my grandchildren. You understand what I'm saying? Because my children are growing. My children are now going, are going to the university. Ashley is going to the university now. Yeah, as of next year, I think next year or next year, but one, he'll be going to the university. All right? When they leave now, you start thinking. I'm thinking about my grandchildren. I don't want my grandchildren to suffer the way I did. Sleeping on the floor. Before I started the ministry, I, I moved here to Nairobi, I was sleeping on the floor. A mattress on the floor. There was nothing in the living room. No furniture. Sleeping on the floor. Cooking with a small mako, green one. It was called Wanjiko or something. <laughs> Is it Wanjiko or what? I don't know if you remember the green one, small one for gas. But before that, I used to have the one for, 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 for the stove, the, carrots, the green one. You remember that one? When you put it off, you have to take it outside. <laughs> because, because, of the, because of the... Is it smoke or something? Did a pungent smell, so you pour water, and sometimes it is stubborn. You're pouring water, is still on. Pouring water is still on. You take a whole trough and pour on it, and carry it outside. 
Who am I preaching to in this house? I prophesy over your life. You are changing the trajectory. I say you are changing the trajectory of your family. Shout yes! You cooked with a stove. Then your children are cooking with a stove. Then your grandchildren are cooking with a stove. You cooked with three stones. A tripod of stones. By the time the food is ready, your eyes are bloodshot. Because you are cooking while blowing. Cooking while blowing. Cooking while blowing. And not only blow, but also blowing your nose. Cooking while blowing. Blowing your nose, cooking while, and then your children again, cooking while blowing, blowing. Then your grand, I refuse. It will not happen. I prophesy it will not happen. It will not happen in your house. Shout, it will not happen. A good man. I say a good man. Leaves an inheritance to his children. I declare, you will leave an inheritance to your children, to your children's children. Your lineage will be delivered from poverty because you are building a, a kingdom prosperity for your children in the name of Jesus. You didn't start with a car. Your children will start with a car. Oh, Lord, help me preach in this house. I say you didn't start with a car, but your children will start with a car. And maybe your grandchildren will start with a helicopter. You are building a kingdom of prosperity in your house. A legacy of prosperity in your house. You reached form four. Tell your children, form four is the lowest. Tell them it's the lowest. You are going higher. Oh, yes. You are going, you have to get into a university. You tell them you have to get into, I didn't get there, but you, as your father, you will get into the university. Look, one time I told my children, look, don't be afraid of studying. I'm willing to do anything within my power to take you to any university, to any school, so you can study. I am not afraid. If it means fasting so that I can pay your school fees, I will do so. We have to build it. I said we have to build it. I said we have to build it. We have to build something for the next generation. Please stand to your feet. I'm done. I'll continue. I'm not yet done. I'll continue. Thank you, Jesus. A good man lives an inheritance. A good man Throw your hands up and pray for grace right now. For this grace to establish a legacy, a legacy of prosperity in your lineage in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Break some things right now. Break some vicious cycle. Break some things right now. Break the vicious cycle that you see in your family right now in the name of Jesus. Allow God to anoint you. Allow God to grace you to break those cycles right now. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Break it. May God anoint you to break it. May God grace you to break it. May God gift you to, to break it. We break it, we break it, we break it. Every cycle, every cycle, every cycle, every negative cycle, every negative cycle. Break it right now in the name of Jesus. Break it right now in the Break it right now. Break it right now. Break it right now. Cycles of poverty. The cycle of poverty. The cycle of poverty. The cycle of poverty. The cycle of poverty. Break it. It has to stop. It has to end. It has to stop. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Things have to change in our families. I say things have to change in our families. In Jesus' name. Paul says, you are partakers of my grace. I want to release the grace I've enjoyed. Of increase of prosperity upon your lives today. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I release the grace. The Bible says a good man lives an inheritance. I release the grace into your lives. The grace to make it. The grace to be favored. The grace to prosper. The grace to experience increase. The grace to experience growth in the name of Jesus. I release the grace to do well in the marketplace, to do well in your career, to do well in the ministry, to do well in whatever your hands find to do, to do well in farming, to do well in business, to do well as far as your farm and your company is concerned. Receive that grace today in the name of Jesus. May this grace empower you to change the trajectory of your family. You are stopping some things. You are terminating some things. Some undesirable traits in your family. You are terminating them in the name of Jesus. Some undesirable qualities that you see in your family. You are terminating them in the name of Jesus. You are terminating poverty. 
Poverty stops with you. Lack and want stops with you. Chaos and confusion stops with you. Divorce and break, break, um, broken marriages stop with you. In the name of Jesus. Destruction in the family stops with you. You are bringing an end to the madness that is in your family. Your children will be blessed. Your lineage will be blessed. Your grandchildren will be blessed. In the name of Jesus. May God use you to turn around the story of your family. Your, the, your family name will be great. In the name of Jesus. Your family name will be associated with affluence. Your family name will be associated with influence. In the name of Jesus. Your family name will be associated with wealth and prosperity. Shout amen in this house. Yes, change is coming. It, change is coming. You will build a legacy of prosperity in your family in the name of Jesus. Receive the grace today. Receive the grace today. In Jesus' name we pray. Shout a big amen. Give God some praise in this house. Give God some glory in this house. Give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, there are things your children should never go through. You went through those things for them. They should never go through those things. Hallelujah. And there are things your grandchildren should never go through. Tell your neighbor, you are the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> yes. You went through them so that they may not go through them. In Jesus' name. You receive that word today. I said, do you receive that word today? I said, do you receive that word this morning? Give God praise one more time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.